What's good, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, George Shirley. Josh Shields got a jam-packed show. All this entire show will be dedicated to Super Bowl 55. You have your two-pronged attack here at the top uh, between the two teams and break down and recap the uh the uh, underwhelming event that was Super Bowl 55. Give you my thoughts on the whole uh, event as a whole, commercials, halftime show included, the broadcasts, and just put a, and as we tie a bow on this 2020 NFL season, uh, regular and regular season playoffs and with the Super Bowl. Um, but we will uh, give you all the fixings as far as Super Bowl 55 is concerned as we uh, put the, uh, the as far as the on-field stuff is concerned, we will put the NFL to bed after today. But uh, having said that, um, let's jump right into it with uh, recapping uh, the Super Bowl 55 that was. And like I said, we'll do a two-pronged attack here. Uh, first, I'll do one team to start off the show, take a break, and then get to the other team, and then move as, and then we'll move things along. Um, team number one that is in my crosshairs uh, to begin the program is the team that lost the Super Bowl, and that was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, first off, I do not want to hear from any Chiefs fan. I don't want to hear from I don't want to hear from Brittany Matthews, Mahomes' girl. I don't want to hear from his mother, Randy Mahomes. I do not want to hear not a peep. Not a word, not a single soul from any Chiefs fan, any, moaning and groaning and bellyaching about the refs. Not a word, not a peep. Not a word, not a peep from Mahomes' mother, from Mahomes' fiance, from any Chiefs fan. Not a single word. I don't want to hear it. When this team has benefited from ref ball, from the past previous two to three seasons. I'll go two. Nine, 2019 and 23. They've done nothing but benefit from it. Benefited from it. Benefited from it. From back in September when they, you know, that fan, that it was, was should have been a scooping score uh, for New England, which would have made it a ball game. If I'm not mistaken, I think it would have given New England the lead, saying that Mahomes is down by contact. Would clear you look at the replay, Mahomes' knees are nowhere near within uh, contact of the ground. He fumbles the football and it should have, and it was six points off the board for New England back in September. You want to go there? Do you want to go? Do you want to go as recent as recently as a few weeks ago against Cleveland, against Cleveland, where Daniel Sorensen, Sorensen, whatever his name is, made helmet to helmet contact with uh, with the with the with the Browns player there down down towards the end zone, made helmet to helmet contact, prompting the Browns player to fumble the ball through the end zone, take it, and the Chiefs benefited from that terrible rule, but the rule, but the terrible rule shouldn't have had a chance to be implemented because it was clear helmet to helmet contact that should have been a flag called the side judges were standing right there looking I don't know what I don't know these refs referee in these games with their eyes closed with a blindfold on but it should have been a flag thrown helmet to helmet contact which is illegal 15 yard penalty first and goal Cleveland before the end of the half do you want to go there 
Or do you want to go in the Buffalo game where Chris Jones should have gotten ejected in the first quarter for sucker punching one of the Buffalo Bills offensive linemen? Shall we go there? I do not want to hear not a word, not a peep from anyone affiliated with the Kansas City Chiefs about getting a bad whistle. Not a single word. And I don't hear not a word, and I don't hear any of this garbage, any of these conspiracy theory, goobers nonsense about the fact that the game was rigged in Tom Brady's favor. Bull crap. Okay, how about, for those of you out there, you know who you are, that's it, man, talk about, well, the refs this, the refs that, oh, we got screwed, oh, my goodness gracious, cry me a river, build me a bridge, and get over it. Yeah, you didn't lose the game because of ref ball. Here's how you lost the game, okay? Why don't you tell Travis Kelsey, who I, who I love and who I like and who's going to be a Hall of Fame tight end, how about you tell Travis Kelsey not to drop a pass on a third and eight the drive after you stop Tampa Bay on have a goal line stand when Tampa Bay decides to run it in with Ronald Jones on a on a fourth and goal. How about you tell Travis Kelsey on a third and eight with nine eighteen left in the second quarter? How about you tell him not to drop a pass and hit him right in his mitts? Or how about you tell Antonio Hamilton to line up on to line up on sides, which extended the Tampa Bay drive, negated the field goal, gave Tampa Bay a first and ten, and allowed them to go up uh, fourteen to three. How about that? And by the way, you could thank Andy Reid, who I guess all the praise that he got for his work during, you know, in the Browns game and throughout these last couple of years has gone to his head. Or, or, or he, you know, like Cinderella, he turned back into a pumpkin because obviously he went, he decided to go back to his old ways and poor clock management. And he caught, and he caught a, t- and he caught a asinine timeout with 44 seconds up before the end of the half prior to Tampa Bay's third and two, which allowed him to go back down the field and Antonio Brown, of all people, catch a touchdown pass to put him up uh, 21-6. Shall we go there? Or... Or if you want me to, how about we how about we go to the fact where Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy is both put them in a combo here? They're not guilty in this. Made absolutely zero adjustments coming out of that long halftime. Made zero adjustments. Did not pick up on the fact that the that the uh, that the Chiefs tackles were getting overwhelmed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneer pass rush and did not decide to call formations with extra running backs in the backfield, two tight end formations. That's do anything to pick up on on the absolute overload blitz that the Bucks ran on there behind all night long, and Reed and Bianami got coached circles, circles around the Buccaneers coaching staff on Sunday night. Shall we go there? Shall we go there? Or, or shall we go to Tyron Matthew? Pointing and provoking and taunting Brady, who who most times rather than not goes puts his head down, plays the plays the position, and goes about his merry business. The fact that Tyron Matthew said said something and annoyed Brady that much to the point where where Brady who would lose who would lose to Tyron Matthew in a fight, you know. Every day of the week and twice on on Sunday, but the fact that Tyron Matthew couldn't keep his big fat mouth shut and got Brady all annoyed and all pissed off to the point where Brady had to storm after Matthew around mid around midfield at the end of the half. Why, how about we talk about that instead of the refs? 
Granted, he granted Matthew got a bad whistle on on the uh, on a pass interference that should have been that ball was uncatchable. I get that, but how about but how about you all takes a little bit of responsibility here? The reason why you all lost that game on Sunday, thirty-one to nine, is not because it's not because of uh, is 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 not because it's not because the uh, Kansas City Chiefs got a bad whistle or the or the game was rigged in favor of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Nonsense. Nonsense. How about you tell Andy Reid not to take that dumb timeout with 44 seconds left, allowing Tampa to essentially get themselves together prior to a third and two at the end of the half? How about you? How about you all decide to make some adjustments? Make some adjustments offensively coming out of that half hour halftime. And how about you tell Steve Spagnuolo, who all I heard who all I heard about all through last week about how essentially he was Bill Belichick. A la Bill Belichick's performance in Super Bowl Twenty Five, uh, stopping the uh, the Buffalo Bills' K gun offense and not allowing a, and not allowing the Buffalo Bills to put up forty plus points like he did uh, earlier in that nineteen ninety postseason. All I ever heard about that Steve Spagnuolo is essentially the greatest thing next to Buddy Ryan. How about you tell Steve Spagnuolo to get a clue and to get a grip and to realize that Rob Gron that Rob Gronkowski is going to go until late in the fourth quarter without a catch and realize that Rob Gronkowski is going to play a vital, vital, vital part in the Tim Bay Buccaneer offensive game plan, considering that this is now what? His fourth Super Bowl that he is fourth or fifth. I've lost count at this point. His fourth Super Bowl that he's played in with Tom Brady. Please. Please. And I understand that it was a bad penalty on Matthew. That ball was uncatchable and the flag should not have been thrown. But the but what Chiefs fans have to realize, they're not in that situation to begin with if Andy Reid doesn't help the Buccaneers by calling those timeouts at the end of the half. And that, in fact, was a pass interference on Brashad Breeland. If you clearly see, he grabs the back of his leg, back of his ankles, and trips him up. Clear as day. And the fact of the matter of it is, the Kansas City Chiefs had a bad night. They were not, they were not ready to play. They were not all together mentally. Brady was living rent-free in Tyron Matthews' head. They're making these dumb, stupid, uncharacteristic, undisciplined penalties. The offside, the offsides on the, uh, the offsides on a field goal attempt. The punter, the punter dropping the snap. The punter also had a bad, also had a bad punt that gave Tampa Bay great field position. Not to mention Andy Reid going back to his old ways with the poor clock management at the end of the half. That they made no adjustments coming out of the halftime. Steve Spagnuolo was was uh, coached coached around by was coached around by Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians in circles. So before I so before the the Mahomes camp starts chomping at the bit and starts moaning and groaning groaning and belly aching on social media about all oh, the refs are trying to screw us blah 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 this that and the other. How about they open up their eyes, go back and watch the game and do a little work. You had a Kelsey catch. You got lined up off sides, extending a Tampa Bay drive. Reed, Reed turned into a pumpkin and all of a sudden can't manage a game clock still. 
The offensive line get, got eaten to shreds. Kelsey dropped a pass and hit him right in his mitts. And Mahomes played like crap. Look at it objectively, open your eyes, and get a clue. Okay, the Chiefs did not get rigged out of out of another Super Bowl. They did not deserve to win that game on Sunday night. They were awful in the game. From the quarterback play to the offensive line to the receivers, Tyreek Hill, they did not run the ball well. They, it was pass, 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 pass all night long. The coaching was terrible. Biennemi, Reed, Spagnolo, all of them. Every single last one of them that had a Kansas City Chief emblem on their chest or on the side of their helmet was pathetic on Sunday night. Pathetic. And that's Mahomes included. We're going to sit up there and we're going to essentially throw Lamar Jackson to the Wolves when his offensive line isn't exactly uh, the hogs of the 1990s Redskins. We throw him out to the Wolves. Well, well, well we're going to hold Mahomes to that same standard. Because last time I checked, because uh, last time I checked, uh, 26 for 49, 270 yards passing, two interceptions, and ain't, and not scoring a touchdown with the number one rated passing offense ain't nothing to brag about. Ain't nothing to brag about. Short, short, we saw no trick plays in the game, maybe once or twice in the first half, and that was it. They got away from running the football. I mean, did, did the Chiefs honestly think that they were going to walk into this game and essentially blow out Tampa, figured you know, like they well, figuratively speaking, quote unquote, and dominate Tampa they went the way that they did back in back in November. Were they really that dense, that dumb, that naive to not expect Tampa to be on their A game? Considering that I don't know it is the Super Bowl. If you if if the people and if the people is with the Kansas City Chiefs, their coaches and their players expected Tyreek Hill to have two hundred yards in the first half and the, and Patrick Mahomes to go off again, I'd love I'd love to know what drugs they were doing last week. And 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 I and no one else may say it. I will. I think Kansas City. You're never going to admit this, and this is never going to leak out in public. But the way I see it, Kansas City overestimated and looked over Tampa. Kansas City thought they were going to walk into Tampa if Tyree Kill put up 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns, and Patrick Mahomes throw for 503 and and uh, seven touchdown passes. You know, and then and it'll be 50 and it'll be 52 to seven. You know, by the end of the third quarter, and we can all chill out and relax, get our rings. You know, hashtag run it back, get another Lombardi, and go back home to Kansas City. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. Wasn't the case. Kansas City was disgustingly bad on Sunday night. From the quarterback play, to the coaches, to the receivers, to the defense, all of them. Pathetic. Pathetic. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown pass. Pathetic. Again, this Spagnuolo not expect... Rob Gronkowski did not be a factor receiving-wise in this game. If he was, shame on him. 
Because if you've learned anything from watching Brady and Gronk playing Super Bowls, if those two aren't clicking, your chances, the opponent's chances of winning that football game is slim to none. And if the Kansas City defensive coaching staff and Andy Reid, if they went into game playing for this game, essentially not focusing on Rob Gronkowski, you, you, you lost the game before, you, before you've even stepped on the field, to be quite honest with you. You've lost the game. Okay? Anyone, anyone with good common sense that's seen Brady and Gronk playing these big spots before knows that that little one reception for 30-something yards he had against Green Bay in the conference championship game meant nothing. Meant absolutely nothing. In, in Super Bowls, Rob Gronkowski is Tom Brady's best friend. When in doubt, find Gronk and give him the football. And the fact that I knew that heading into this game and Kansas City didn't speaks to what I said earlier and that I think Kansas City just overlooked and just underestimated the power of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not the same team that they played back in November. Not the same team. They had a couple of they had a couple of bad drives. They I think back to back drives. They you know they had back to back drives to begin the game. They punted. They had a Brady sack in the end. Other than that, their offense was mightily efficient on Sunday night. Mightily efficient. Now Tom Brady didn't put up the numbers like he did in Super Bowl Fifty Two against the Eagles, but boy, he was efficient on Sunday night. And again, I don't want to hear not a word from Mahomes' mother, from his fiance, from any Chiefs fan about the fact that this game was quote-unquote rigged, you know, in the favor of the Bucks or the refs stole them of a victory. Nonsense! When Kelsey's, dro- when Kelsey's dropping passes, Tyree kills letting balls in him right in the face mask, Mahomes is a la Josh Allen running 30 yards backwards for his life, you're making no adjustments, Helping out your offensive line coming out of the half. Andy Reid with the timeouts. Tyron Matthew getting getting Brady all pissed off and, and allowing him to basically, you know, turn on uh, Michael Jordan mode and, and absolutely sauce up Tyron Matthew up and down the field all night long. My goodness gracious. And, and and I and I got and I and I got the same two idiots, same two dopes, the same two clowns going off on ESPN on Twitter for screen out she, uh, screenshots of my homes with the deer in the headlights look on his face when the national media and that's ESPN included has done nothing but carry Mahomes' ball bag ever since he became a superstar in the National Football League, and I got these two clowns acting like a bunch of immature spoiled brats on social media because ESPN for once in a billion years decides to poke a little fun at my homes. Really? I I, I I can't take it. I cannot take it. You're grown adults. Take it like an adult. Eat a sharp slice of humble pie. Shut up and keep it moving. We'll see you next year. My goodness gracious. Oh, the refs, the refs, the refs. How about you blame the players and the coaching, for Christ's sakes? Tell Kelsey not to drop a pass on a third and eight. 
Tell Antonio Hamilton to not line up in the neutral zone. And maybe tell Steve Spagnuolo that Rob Gronkowski is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and not the New England Patriots. Holy crap. And maybe you tell Tyron Matthew not to provoke and get up in Brady's face and get him all annoyed and riled up. You know, so Michael Jordan mode turns on in his head and he, and he, you know, and he goes into goat mode and sauces up your entire secondary in the game. And why don't you tell Andy Reid to wake up and come back to us and not realize not to take a timeout with 44 seconds left in the second half. Tampa Bay's got the ball prior to a third and two. Let the clock run out, Andy. My goodness gracious. Andy Reid, oh, and granted, he's a, he's a great coach. But all I've heard about, but all I've heard for the last month that Andy Reid is the second coming of Bill Belichick, and he folded like a cheap suit in a big spot. And I and I told you guys, I told you, I told you, I told you that the Chiefs were going to get picked off, and that they were not going to repeat. And I don't, and I wasn't talking about a little game, you know, you know, where they, you know, you know, where they, you know, something go, you know, to get a little unlucky bounce and they, uh-uh. I had a feeling and I told you guys that the Chiefs were going to get picked off and they were going to, and they were going to get beat in that game. Now, did I expect them to go back to the Super Bowl? No, and I raised my hand and admit that I was wrong on that. But I told you that they were going to get picked off, and I told you that they were not going to repeat. It is no coincidence why why it's been 16 years since we've had a repeat NFL champion. And, and the closest that we've gotten, literally and figuratively, the closest that we've gotten is the 2014 Seahawks that came within an eyelash, literally an eyelash. Of repeating as Super Bowl champions until Pete Carroll, Daryl Bubba, Russell Wilson happened. But I told you all that they were going to get picked off. If Brady and Belichick can make it the three straight Super Bowls, win two of the three, and and neither of the two are back to back, what does that tell you? Andy Belichick and Brady are the greatest coach, head coach, quarterback combination in the history of the National Football League. If they can't win back-to-back for a second time, what makes me think that Andy Reid and Mahomes can do it for a first time? Huh? And, and, and Mahomes' performance also. I don't hear not another word, not a peep, not anything. Oh, I, heard, I heard this all last week, too. Oh, it's the goat. It's the goat against the kid, which kid, if you don't know, also, you know, means ba- that's what you call a baby goat. You call a baby, you, you call people, children, kids, you call goat, you call goat children, kids. Oh, it's the goat against the kid. Baby goat, baby goat, baby goat. Oh, Mahomes is going to be the next goat. Tony Romo, well, if Mahomes wins this game here, Jim, I tell you, Jim, uh, here we go, Jim. You know, Mahomes is going to be the next goat. This is all I ever heard about. For the for the previous two weeks leading up to this game, this is all I heard about. And the Chiefs are going to be the next Patriots. They're going to be NFL's next dynasty. They're going to dominate the AFC. What the Patriots dominate the AFC? Blah 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 blah. I don't hear any more of that now. Thirty-one to nine. 
31 to 9, I don't hear not a, not a word, not a single peep about no dynasty, about Mahomes being the GOAT. That's, that's over and done with now. Not, not a word, not a single peep. I don't hear anything about Mahomes being the next GOAT, catching Brady, nonsense. I don't hear anything about the Chiefs being the next dynasty in the AFL and the AFC. That's over, done with, goodbye, good night, see you tomorrow. I don't hear not another word, not another word about either of those two things. I'm done. I'm not listening to it anymore. I'm not going to tolerate hearing that talk anymore. That's over and done with now. Oh, and not another word about being the next dynasty, the AFC, and Mahomes being, you know, the GOAT of the NFL. That's over and done with now. Over and done with. I don't hear not another word about it. Not another word. Not after that game and not after that performance. And I don't want to hear people simply making excuses for him to about, well, his offensive line is terrible. If that was if that was Lamar Jackson that put up those future numbers in that game on Sunday night, you'd be ripping him to shreds and you know it. But I told you Kansas City was going to get picked off. I told you. I warned you and I told you and it turned out I was right. You can't bet against Tom Brady in these, in these games. He's too, he's too good and he's too experienced. I don't care what team he's playing for. And the Chiefs were not mentally there altogether. Andy Reid looked lost. Mahomes looked lost. They all looked dear. They were, they, they were there, but their minds were somewhere elsewhere. Were their minds on Britt Reid? I think they were. If you don't think that this accident, this little incident with Britt Reid... You know, who could face, you know, I think uh, I, I, if if the poor little girl, God forbid, ends up dying, I think he could be facing ch- uh, narcotics-induced homicide, I think is, is what the crime is called. On drugs, drinking while driving, and he's got a little five-year-old hanging with her life, hanging by a thread. If you think this didn't affect Kansas City, you're not paying attention. I want to hear, well, it's unfair because they had to get to the game the game before. NFL protocols, guys, they were, gonna, they were dealing with them all season long. I don't hear any excuses. I don't hear, I don't hear any excuses about them showing up to Tampa late. I don't hear any excuses about the rest. I don't hear any, any excuses about the fact that this was a fixed inside job, that the game was rigged against them in favor of Brady. Nonsense! The Chiefs beat themselves on Sunday night. They were not all together mentally, and they were flat out all in all terrible. I do not, and, I, and another thing, I do not feel a, I do not feel bad, and I'm not going to shed a tear and cry myself to sleep at night because Kansas City embarrassed themselves or got embarrassed in that game on Sunday. Well, you've been to three straight AFC Championship games and two Super Bowls in a row, coming from a fan who's, you know, whose team hasn't been in a Super Bowl since their mother was uh, 23 years of age, crying me a river. Crying me a river. Whose team also hasn't won a playoff game in the last 30 years and hasn't been back to the playoffs in five years. I am not here for Kansas City sympathy. Not here for it. 
And I'm also not here for Randy Mahomes, Mahomes' mother, Brittany Matthews, his uh, his loudmouth fiance. I don't want to hear not another word, not a peep, not a squeal, not a murmur about refs, game being rigged, or ESPN for once in a million trillion years deciding to rig on Patrick Mahomes when they've done nothing but carry his ball bag ever since he became a superstar in this league. And another thing, no more talk about Mahomes being the GOAT. No more talk about the Chiefs being the next Patriots. The Chiefs beat themselves on Sunday night, not the referees. Were there bad calls in the game? Absolutely. That was not a pass interference on Matthew. That ball was uncatchable off the back of the end zone. And that holding that negated Matthew's interception was not a holding call. Having said that, the Chiefs beat themselves many a time where if the refs didn't call penalties on them, you, it would make you scratch your head. The offsides, pen, the offsides penalty, the trip up by Brashad Breland with Mike Evans down the left sideline, the Chiefs beat themselves on Sunday night, not the referees. Not the referees. And again... When you get the breaks of all time, with that, with the breaks of all time, go back to the Patriot game in September. Go back to the Cleveland game. The helmet, the helmet that wasn't called. Go back to the Buffalo game where Chris Jones got lucky as all get out for not getting, not getting his rear end kicked out in the first quarter against Buffalo when he tried to sucker punch one of the uh, members of the Buffalo Bills offensive line. And and then on Sunday he's kicking and screaming that the that that the refs caught him going over the line, and he got and he got called with an unnecessary roughness penalty. He he got off pretty easy considering that he could that he, that his night could have been done within the what first five ten minutes of the of the uh, AFC Championship game two three weeks ago. The Chiefs beat themselves on Sunday night. Not the refs. And anyone who tells you differently doesn't know their ass from their elbow. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling like is podcast. Switching gears now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of things, the champions of Super Bowl Fifty Five. Listen, it was true in the six. It was true in the six. It was true in the fifties. True in the sixties. True in the forties. True in the seventies. True in the eighties. True in the nineties. True in the two thousands. True in the two thousand tens, and it is still true here in the 2020s. 
defense wins championships. Number one ranked offense. Now, clearly the uh, Buccaneers didn't have number one ranked defense. That title went to the uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that title went to the Los Angeles Rams. But defense still wins championships, uh, regardless. Regardless what how many superstars they got on defense wins championships. You know, Travis Kelsey had 133 yards receiving. He was a leading receiver, averaging 13 yards a catch. He really was the only uh, Kansas City Chief that had their way with the Buccaneers' defense on Sunday night. They kept Kansas City out of the end zone, which is something that has never been done in the Patrick Mahomes uh, era in Kansas City. Uh, Managed uh, three field goals, holding them to three field goals in the game. Uh, One in the first, one in the second, one in the third quarter, and had a big fat goose egg in the fourth quarter. Uh, They did not run the ball whatsoever, Kansas City. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, nine carries, 64 yards on the ground. Mahomes had the two interceptions in the game. Mahomes also fumbled as well. Uh, Defense wins wins championships. I mean... They had uh, Devin White was the was their leading tackler in the game with 12 total tackles, two of them for a loss. Um, they got to Mahomes. They made you know they got to Mahomes. They uh, you know they had some nice uh, 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 corner and safety blitzes that they mixed up uh, early in the game, which uh, had which had Mahomes and company off guard. Dropped many a guys back in the coverage because they knew that. You know, Kansas City wasn't going to run the ball a whole hell of a lot, so essentially it was make Mahomes sweat in the pocket and essentially not and essentially not give up the big play downfield, which is something that they uh, did not allow uh, earlier or at, at all, as a matter of fact, throughout that football game on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas City had 22 first downs in the game. They had 10 more total yards than Tampa Bay did, not that it mattered. And also, you got to give Tampa Bay credit. They, you know, they keep the ball away from Mahomes and keep Mahomes on the sideline. That's what they did. Uh, Tampa Bay had the ball 31 minutes and 23 seconds of the 60 minutes, while Kansas City was on the field for only 28 minutes and 37 seconds um, uh, on the field right there. Uh, Kansas City, like I said, turned over the ball twice. Uh, they did not reach the painter with uh they did not reach painter uh at all in this game buccaneers pressured mahomes on the 29 dropbacks most pressures uh sack or under duress in the history of the super bowl mahomes they made mahomes run for damn near 500 yards uh, behind the line of scrimmage just to escape from the Timber Bay Buccaneers defenders. They just did a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job that entire defense. Todd Bowles, give him hella credit, did an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job. If the spots weren't all filled up, he should get, he should definitely, if he keeps it up in Timber Bay's defense, uh, is as great as it was this past 2020 season. He should definitely get consideration for another head coaching job. Keep in mind, he was the coach for the Jets. When he went ten and six, when with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback and uh, and missed the playoffs there, so he definitely uh, should get enough. He definitely, especially if Tampa Bay does a great job and ends up getting back to Super Bowl again, he deserves to get another head coaching job. Like I said, the top Gronk's performance, you know, it was valuable. It was key. It was vital. He didn't blow you away statistically, but it was just such a huge performance for Gronk, who always always plays well in these Super Bowl six. 
receptions for 67 yards, two touchdown catches in the game. Remember, I did the over-unders with the prop bets as far as, you know, prop bets, you know, in case you all wanted to bet my picks and try to win some money. If you did, you, know, you lost a little bit with the, with the Mahomes prop, with the Mahomes prop bets, but, and, 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 and with Mahomes and Brady prop bets, but if you, uh, but if you bet it, uh, if you bet my Rob Gronkowski one, which I think was the, which, which which was my most confident prop bet of all, with uh, the over under with Kelsey's receptions, you gotta go. We gotta go over. You have to go over with that. I mean, Kelsey's made his living performing well in these Super Bowls, catching the two touchdown passes from Brady. I mean, just an and then Antonio Brown getting in on the mix, saucing up uh, Tyron Matthew. While you know, while he's busy bumping his gums with Brady, Antonio Brown, you know, it's uh, you know he turns into his 2016-2017 uh, self there, and making all the uh, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, all the Yenzers up in Pittsburgh, uh, my pal urinating tree included, uh, vomiting in their boff bag, watching Antonio Brown catch a touchdown pass from Tyron Brady in the Super Bowl. I mean, but just an absolutely phenomenal job by Tampa. They ran the ball very efficiently in the game. Uh, they established the run early. Uh, not not early, but they established the run when they had to. They knew that they couldn't have Brady throw the ball 50 times in order for him to win. They had to run the ball with Ronald Jones and Fournette, who both had a, had a very good game. Fournette uh, had uh, scored the last touchdown, which which sealed the deal in my eyes when he scored that touchdown it was game over there was no way Kansas City was coming back even though uh, Tony Romo kept reminding us every five seconds that Mahomes sitting there on the sideline I'll get to him uh, coming up in the next segment but I mean and this team was absolute and another thing that I thought about and another thing I thought about too when they brought this up in the broadcast you know Tampa Bay had played absolutely phenomenal football after that. You know they were one of the la- You know they were one one of the um. They were one of the last teams um, in the NFL. Them and so I forget the other team that they also uh, shared a bye week too. But they were one of the last teams in the league to have a bye week. They didn't have their bye week until week thirteen, which was the first weekend. Uh, which was the first weekend in December. That's when they had that bye week coming off of, uh, and at that point in time they had lost three of they had lost three or four. Got absolutely destroyed by New Orleans, thirty-eight to three in that Sunday night game. Which also I found out earlier today that this was the that this was the largest you know this is the uh, largest blowout that the that the eventual Super Bowl champion had had to endure throughout their uh, regular season schedules was that 35-point blowout at home against the Saints. And if you would have told me on November 8th that the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl would have laughed it in your face and would have called you 87 different types of crazy. They they got on track with Carolina, okay, as Carolina, and then they hit the wall, losing back-to-back at home, losing to the Rams, and, and that whole fiasco that I got on Brady about not shaking golf's hand uh, on that Monday night, they weren't great. And then of course uh, they, and then of course their defense get absolutely ripped to shreds uh, on uh, the on Thanksgiving weekend, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, week twelve on November the 29th, and they lost. Oddly enough, back to back weeks they lost by the same score of twenty seven to twenty four. So they had lost three of their last four game. They had lost three of the last four games heading into that bye week, the first weekend of December. They come off that bye week. 
they uh, you know had a soft schedule Atlanta twice Detroit Minnesota but that's exactly what the doctor uh ordered as they won their as as they won their final four games of the season beat Atlanta twice uh and then of course blew out Detroit by 40 the day you know the Sunday the day after uh Christmas and it was just smooth sailing from there the closest that they ever got to losing a playoff game in their smallest margin of victory throughout uh their small their second smallest margin of victory if i have that right um was a, was uh do i have that right yeah the second smallest margin of victory was when they played washington and they almost lost to uh, tyler taylor Hint, tyler tyler taylor heineke <laughs> on that saturday night wildcard weekend that was their second Closest uh, margin of victory was wildcard weekend against uh, Washington. They beat the Saints by 10. Of course, they had the Cook fumble, and Drew Brees was horrendous in the game. You know, thanks to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, you know, and uh, and a very good defense performance, uh, they took care of business against the Bucks and they absolutely dominated the Chiefs on Sunday in the Super Bowl. But Tampa Bay, I mean... That by I guess you, that bye week. Looking back on it now, no hindsight is twenty twenty. But that bye week could not have came at a more opportune time because they got that bye week. They got rested up. They got themselves organized, and they, and Lord and who knew that it would essentially start an eight game win streak, that which they essentially rode to rode with, uh, to crown themselves uh, twenty twenty NFL. Uh, champions. Shout out to Bruce Arians right quick. Uh, just as a side note, proven to all the NFL owners and all you other and you dopes out there know who you are that rather hire your buddies and have your little uh, clicks together and hire through your little clicks instead of uh, giving these uh, black instead of giving these black assistants uh, jobs that that I think for the mo- that some not all of them but some if not most of them can do a good job. I appreciate the hell out of Bruce Arians. Who made history because he had the two female, uh, the two female assistant coaches, and other than the two female assistant coaches, the rest of uh, his assistant coaches were all, were a team of all black guys, which I greatly, greatly appreciate and will go a long way. And he uh, has uh, he and all and his entire coaching staff also has has etched their little uh, their little um, uh, cliff note. In uh, U.S. and uh, in Black History, you know, it happened during Black History Month, and it'll go down as a little uh, cliff note in Black History. You know, the first uh, team, you know, with a uh, with the predominantly all black coaching staff, and then not to mention the uh, women part, of the wim- the uh, the uh, the women's rights parts of that too, with the two uh, female assistant coaches, you know, to win the Super Bowl. So. Uh, Thanks a million to Bruce Arians to prove into the National Football League and to the world uh, that you can win a champion. Granted, I understand Brady, the GOAT's the quarterback, but still prove that you can win. You know, Brady, it wasn't Brady that, you know, that held Kansas City out of the end zone and held Kansas City to nine points. So, and I understand Bruce an offensive coach, but he's the head man. He's the one that hires and puts together this coaching staff. He's going to get all the credit. For proving that you can, you know, win a that you can win a championship with black assistant coaches, it just thanks a million, Bruce, and that and that will go that goes a long way, long, long, long way. 
not a fan of everything, you know, Bruce essentially covering Brady's ass, you know, when he didn't know the down in the Chicago game wasn't a fan. But Bruce Arians is a good guy and did a phenomenal job. And shout out to Bruce Arians for that. Uh, Bucks also the first wild card team since the 2010 Packers to win the Super Bowl history. You know, ten years in the making. Also the first team, of course, to win the Super Bowl, hosting the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So there's that uh, notion as well. And then lastly, Tom Brady, seven rings, no doubt, hands down, certified greatest quarterback slash offensive NFL player of all time. I mean, greatest athlete, that's a little strong. You got to, you, you know, Serena and, and Serena, Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Michael Phelps. So uh, let's not go crazy. Make him crying. I heard a lot of, well, he was a great, let's, let's slow your roll. But no doubt, hands down, not even an argument, not even a debate, greatest quarterback, if not the greatest offensive player in the history of the sport of gridiron football. Tom Brady with the seven. And 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 to be quite and to be quite honest with you and take it for what it's worth, but I don't know and and God and Lord I wish I tell you I wish I was if there was one time I wish I was twenty one with Super Bowl Sunday and it's none has nothing to do with the fact about me you know getting heavy with uh, with uh, with the booze I wish I wish I was twenty one on Sunday because I tell you. I would have won big time money if I would if I bet my if I would have betted my pick with the over under with the Gronk receptions I would have won big with that and I also would have won big picking the Bucks with the plus three point with the plus three point spread and with that and boy and boy they cover that spread I would have made mucho dinero on. Super Bowl Sunday, if I was old enough to bet. Oh, my goodness gracious, I would have cleaned up. Cleaned up on Sunday. But, I mean, I was just as happy. I picked them to win. I picked them to win, obviously, by a field goal. But the fact that they covered, if I was a betting man, is just as great. Um, but, you know, I was happy that they won. Of course, I've been, you know been rooting against Kansas City all year long. You all know that rooted against Kansas City all throughout the playoffs. Rooted against them in this game. I, you know, I, did, I told you I did not like this matchup. You know, because the guy that picked the lesser of two evils, Brady, and then a team I don't want to see repeat. So I said, you know what, screw it. I'll root for Brady in this game. What the hell? Uh, picked him to win. So you know what the hell. Uh, and if he loses, you know it's another. It's a, it's the fourth Super Bowl that Brady's lost. So you know, take it for what it's worth. And I you know, rooted like Brady, rooted for Brady, rooted for the Bucks in that game. And uh, and, and if and to be quite honest and transparent, transparent with you, feel pretty damn good. You know, and I and I and granted, I've been on Brady like white on rice. You know, I. I hated the fact that he blew off Foles again, you know, back in September. Didn't like the fact that he didn't shake uh, Goff's hand after the Monday night game. I don't like the fact that Brady, even though his parents damn near died with COVID, he's bouncing around, walked into the stadium without a mask on, was caught off-season workouts without a mask on. The boat parade didn't have a mask on with plenty of people there, so... I'm not in love, and I and I don't like everything that Tom Brady has done. Obviously, you know, and I've been hard on him, and I've been rough on him, and rightfully so. You know, he can take it; he deserves it. But I mean, hell, I mean, if if these last couple of days has not made Tom Brady more likable to you, then I I don't know what I don't know what the hell to tell you. 
I mean, the and my the best thing Tom Brady ever did is is leave New England and go to Tampa. He's become he's become and the fact and after he won that Super Bowl, he's been more likable. He's been more relatable. He just dare I say he's been more cooler. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, it's, it's like you look at him and it's like man, you just like man. I wish I wish I'm, I knew Tom Brady. I wish I knew him like that. I mean. Again, not in love with everything he's done in the past. Deflategate, not in love with that. Destroying the cell phone and, you know, pretend like he didn't know. Not in love with that either. But, you know, to be it as it may, he wasn't Aaron Hernandez and went and, you know, going around killing people. So, in the big picture, doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. The mask thing, you know, kind of gets annoying and trying to get gets a little bit, you know... Uh, you you cringe when you see him because it's like you know if your parents got COVID and damn near came close to death time that should tell you something but you know Tom Brady does what he wants to do if you know if God forbid something happens to him not to make it sound harsh but it's a you problem it's not a me problem so, and and again not shaking the hands of golf and uh, and uh, Foles, I'm not in love with, and sometimes he plays hard to get with the media. I'm not in love with that either. But boy, when but if I've but the last couple of days, Tom Brady has been one of my favorite <laughs> favorite athletes the last couple of days because uh, you got it. I mean, at that, I mean him him come him get you know him tossing the Lombardi Trophy at that cool boat parade, you know. Him coming off of the finishing the parade, obviously having the bag all sauced up on the alcohol, you know, and, and you know, and the cool and the cool uh, social media videos, and he's funny with his tweets and the Instagrams and his little Instagram stories, shouting out, you know, his uh, his teammates, his family members, his friends, you know, that, you know, that was funny too and also you got also you know you look at the, you look in the mirror you know at some point in his career he's the greatest accepted you know he, he isn't you know he didn't go out and kill people you know he's not he's not a serial killer so I mean, it's all within the confines of sports which in the big picture really means little to nothing and means little to nothing anyway it is just sports but you know you kind of and then as older as you get and you realize that even though he says he's going to keep on playing eventually he's going to retire he's not going to be playing football forever you know and you want to appreciate him for for what it's worth you want to appreciate him playing and his work and admire his work while he's you know still here still playing just take a deep breath step back and appreciate it because you know I I because you know I didn't have Michael Jordan growing up you know when Michael Jordan was wrapping up his career I was in with the Wizards I was an infant and you know and and the, that's why the the Last Dance was such a big deal to guys like me and people of my generation because you never because we never experienced in this we never experienced it live in the flesh and in living color but um but this i guess you could say that tom brady is 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 to me and my generation what michael jordan uh was to the guy you know was to the guys that are at the at the at the youngest 40 years old at the youngest who are, who are 40 years old now brady is to uh, brady is to me and my generation what jordan was to the 40 to the 40 year olds in their in their generation back in the uh uh, late eighties through the nineties, so I'm mean, I just you know I think he's 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 come off cool, he's come off relatable, and he's come off likable to me.
you know, day by day, little by little, my Brady fandom, or excuse me, my Brady hatred turned into Brady fandom a little bit. <laughs> Gotta be honest. And that doesn't mean I'm going to give him a pass, you know, when he, you know, when he does something stupid and does something to do is be called out on. But at this point in time, I can't hate on the brother, you know, especially if I go out and if, you know, and, and, I, and I sit back and I think to myself, is Tom Brady really like a, that bad of a person if he's getting, you know, as far as how he, you know, racially, you know, that sort of stuff is concerned, you know, when P. Diddy is shouting him out, LeBron James, Serena Williams are looking at him as, as, you know, looking at him, I get, you know, Serena's saying at the Australian Open how she's amazed and awed and motivated how Brady is still able to be on top of his game at 43 years of age. So if Serena loves him, LeBron loves him, P. Diddy loves him, his teammates love him, black teammates included, that, that plays a huge, that plays a huge factor in it as well. It's just, you know, if I if I have a preconceived notion that Brady is a certain way, but I see plenty of people who would who have probably gotten close enough to Tom Brady who would know him better than I do. If they think that he's that he's a that he's uh, that he's a uh, that he's a decent cat, then who the hell am I to, who who the hell am I to hold my little preconceived notions against him? If Serena, LeBron, his black teammates, Pete Diddy, rest of them, if they find, if they, if they, you know, if they, if they, if they like Tom Brady, who the hell am I to say that I, you know, dislike him because I think he's a certain way? Who the, who the, who the hell am I? If they cool with him, they, you know, he thinks that he, that he's, that he, you know, he's, he's, he's cool with us. Then, if he's cool with, if he's cool, with, if he's cool with them, he's cool with me. That's all. That's all I got to say about it. Cool with them. Cool with me. And I think, then I think deep down, you know, and 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 I and I give Brady credit on this too. I mean, Brady had end racism on the back of his helmet. Mahomes had that little passive aggressive. It takes it. It takes all of us phrase. Now I'm not making Tom Brady out to be, you know, out to be, uh, out to be uh, John Brown, but. And racism is is a little bit more of a uh, more, a little bit more of a uh, powerful phrase than that passive aggressive asinine it takes all of us. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nah, and, and, and if my brain, if my Brady love affair doesn't stop, a la Evan Cohen, you know, I might have to go out and get me a couple of uh, TB12 T-shirts. He's got those nice creamsicle orange shirts that he with the LFG and the, and the one with the TB12 logo on it and I've, I've about looked at it about a dozen times that's uh, that's either something I'm going to ask for my birthday or something I might get within the next uh, day or week or so because uh, I'm starting to like me some Tom Brady now follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram I'm, I'm liking Tom Brady a little day by day, little by little I'm starting to like Brady, starting to like, and all and all it took is for him to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's all it took. That's all it took. And then, and you also get the feeling that Brady, that Brady, you know. And to be fair, throughout all, all this entire time I've been on record of criticizing him, I've always said one of my favorite things about Brady is the fact that, you know, and I'll get to these, you know, get to the quarterbacks on Saturday, but how he doesn't. Take, he doesn't feel the need to take every nickel and to take every penny that's on the table. 
up until, of course, he came to Tampa. But again, that's a two-year contract. He isn't leaving the Bucks in cap hell, you know. You know when he comes to so, but you get the idea. Doesn't take every nickel because you know why? Because he knows he doesn't need it. He's got the TB12 stuff. He's got his own little production company with the Tom vs. Time, and not and and his wife Giselle makes a fortune. He Tom I just, again. If you've known any, if if you've known anything about me, my if you asked me to say if you if you got me down in a room, of course prior to Saturday or Sunday, of course, it got me down, sat me down in a room and told me, you know what's the what's the, say one nice thing about Tom Brady that'd be it, that he truly is an unselfish player. Done. He's more interested in winning than he is in making money. Also, I appreciate the hell out of him about that too. Don't feel the need to take every nickel, every penny, and have his cake and eat it too, a la Russell Wilson, then turn around screaming bitch when he doesn't have a decent offensive line in front of him. I've I admired that and appreciated that about Brady throughout his entire career. Always have. Always have. And the fact that he genuinely likes I think and, it, and I think even at this point with Brady, he's almost like he's almost like a charity. It's almost as if like if you want to win the Super Bowl, play with me. I'll I'll tell you everything you need to know. Share you all of my secrets. You 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 carry them out the best you can. Give your absolute one hundred percent best. Hold yourself to a high standard. Do what I say. Do what I tell you to do. And hey. You'll have a championship, as I feel. I feel, that's how I feel with Brady at this point. That it's that he's more. That he's more. You know, he's like he's like yeah. You want to win a championship? You've been in the league X amount of years. Have never won one. You're a young rookie. One experience. I'll 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 I'll, I'll get you that ring that you want. Cause it's and it's and it's funny because I hear my because I hear my father tell me this all the time, which is ironic because he and Brady are the same age. Brady is a year is a uh, Brady is a uh, is my fi- Brady is a year older than my father. My Brady was born in seventy seven. My father's born in seventy eight. But you know, but my father tells me this all the time. You know, you're going to you're going to where I'm coming from. I I kind of feel that with Brady. You know. He's he's there. The young guys, you know, the Leonard Fournettes, the Godwins, the the Scotty Millers, the the Ronald Joneses, the Antonio Browns, the Mike Evans, the you know guys guys like that. The um, the Shaq Barretts, you know, they're they're go they're going they're going to to you know from where Brady's coming from. Brady's been at that point in his career, you know, young, you know, young, you know, got his whole life and whole career ahead of you trying to, you know, be something within the national. He's been, he's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, literally. I feel like that he's more like, I know what it takes. Let me help you and teach you, you know, and show you the way about, you know, how and what it takes. Cause it's funny, you know. Last week I listened to his two-hour interview he had on with Howard. He had with Howard Stern when uh, he first signed with Tampa, when the whole quarantine thing, you know, took effect all over America. And it's funny, you know. I heard, you know, I heard him that the whole point. I think why he, I, if I got this right, the whole point why he started a TB12 little fitness company he has, is because he wants to essentially share his method and share the tools and to share the 
you know, share his, uh, share his essential, share his, his secrets with the, with the public and with everyone else. So they have the opportunity to have the right stuff at, at their fingertips to make themselves successful. I th- if I could be wrong on that, but if I heard it correctly, I think that's I think that's what he meant, and I think that's what he said to Howard when he said about you know how he wants to essentially have that TB12 company to to allow everyone to be the best versions of themselves they possibly can be, uh, personally and professionally, and after this season, looking back on it, you know what. I hundred I get it, and I hundred and I hundred percent believe him. I I th- now does he get up in your face? Which in the past I really shouldn't be getting them on him for because Jordan, you know, did the same thing in the last dance like we saw, and no one, no people said boo, but I didn't say boo, so I you know so raised my hand on that. As for Mulligan, but you know, but that's what a great teammate is. He gets in your face, he motivates you, he pushes you, and he drives you, and at the same time, he is still that brotherly rock that you can depend on and, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, depend on and, and uh, depend on and lay upon whenever you need their support. And I feel like that Tom Brady is like that. Now, he may, again, not only the GOAT of quarterbacks, he may be one of the greatest teammates now again, wouldn't know for sure. Not speaking off of I'm speaking off of what I've seen, but I'm pretty sure if you were to ask every single one of his teammates that's ever played with Tom from 2001 to this past season, they'd probably tell you that Tom Brady he may be a hard ass, he may be a pain in the ass, you know, some days more than others, but you know what? He may be one of the greatest teammates I've ever had, and if that is the case, which I think it is. All kudos and all props to Brady. Cause I tell you something right now, if you see, if you all happen to see me on tw- on the internet or in public with a couple of TB with uh, TB12 training merchandise, and because I'm trying to uh, you know I understand Brady isn't ripped, but I'm trying to make myself uh, better physically. And if you see me walking around with a couple of TB12 T-shirts, you'll know why. Cause that. Tom, that TB12 creamsicle orange t-shirt is calling my name. Calling my name. Take a break, wrap up the 2020 season and the Super Bowl as a, as a uh, whole. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. One last thing on Brady, you know, when he came out that he texted his teammates every single night, you know, we will win. I hate to, you know, to to continue my verbal love letter to, to Brady after all these years. But, you know, that's another likable quality about him is that with his experience being a winner, 
he knows how to talk his teammates into and convincing the people around him that if you give it everything you got and practice your craft, hold yourself and perform up to the high standard you have for yourself, you can accomplish anything and you can win and do anything you put your freaking mind to. I tell you, I'm gonna be, be walking. I will. You will see me in a TB12. You will see me in TB12 merchandise so fast. You, you'd swear to God, swear to God that I'd be a lifelong Tom Brady fan. It took him to get his seventh ring and go to a new team and to beat the and to uh, beat the Chiefs. But uh, I'm liking me some uh, TB12 right now. I, to, to, at this TB12, at this point, you do can do no wrong. When he when he didn't he didn't have when he didn't and this and this is how you know you know I would have liked to see him with a mask on, but I was but the fact that he was you know live living his best life sitting on a you know on a yacht in the tent in the Tampa Bay in the Tampa Bay area on uh on Wednesday, you know just I mean. Looking like a million dollars, hell, <laughs> I, <laughs> I he should have a mask on, but that uh, at, 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 in the moment didn't bother me not one bit. I got to be upfront and honest with you. Did not bother me one bit. Should have it on, but it, it, at, at the at the point in time, it didn't bother me one not one bit. I swear, you will see me with a whole. You will have. I will have the TB12 vitamins and minerals shipped to my house. I will have the little electrolyte enhancer things I can put in my water to have me drink more water. Hey, if I had Brady in this room right now, I'd tell him Brady. I, Cause I, that's one of my many problems that I don't drink enough water. I spent about a day with Tom Brady. I, I will drink nothing but water. Was uh, you will see me with TB12 stuff so fast it will it won't know it you won't know it freaking hit you. I'm t- I'm telling you I'm on my way now. So I mean, after who jeez, what what the hell is this world coming to? I I all of a sudden being a dare I say Tom Brady fan. Oh my goodness! What what the hell is happening to me? Oh my god! <laughs> um, about the Super Bowl itself to close out the show. Uh, the commercials were underwhelming. Didn't like that. Not that I pay attention to them anyway. They just were underwhelming. The T-Mobile one with Gwen Stefani and Adam Levine and Shelton wasn't good. Uh, they, they just they were under. Yeah, they they were okay. They you know they didn't blow me away. They weren't you know they weren't. All in all, funny. I also don't like it, and I wish the companies would stop doing this. You know, they leak them onto you. They leak them onto YouTube about a few days before the game, and you know, if you're listening to YouTube music or watching a YouTube video, you're getting Super Bowl ads. You're getting Super Bowl ads three days before the game starts. So you know, when you're watching the game, you can, you know, you can be as intrigued into the commercials as you were the game if you're like me and you know enjoy the whole event of the Super Bowl as a whole, the game and the and the side notes and the side pieces that come with it, it spoils the experience for you because you're getting all the commercials, you know, of, of, you know, about you know three, four, five days before the before the game. But they but they but so which is an issue that I've had every single year that, you know, they started doing that. But the commercials were underwhelming. 
Um, the Super Bowl, of course, as a whole wasn't great. No points scored in the fourth quarter. You thought you were going to get an all-time classic. You didn't. You got an absolute bloodbath. 22-point margin, 31-9, of course, was the final score. Um, didn't like the halftime show, not because I'm an anti-weekend guy. I play that Blinding Light song coming up from the break all the time. That's I like that song. Earned it's a good song. Um... I can't feel my face. Also, I think is I think is his best song, one of my favorite songs that he, that he did about five years back. So he he does it. So nothing against him personally, and I happen to like his music. But you know, and I saw it granted with the sound off because I was listening to. I was listen. I didn't see it live, of course, and I went back on. Uh, I went back on YouTube and 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 saw it on my own time. I didn't have the sound on. I was listening to the radio, but you know, I just if it wasn't. The, I understand that you know it was COVID, so you know the positives that you had is that you had that you know they had that stage built in in the stands, which was something different and something unique and something I actually sort of liked. I did make the point, though, that if I was in the state, if I was actually at Raymond James Stadium, I'd be annoyed as hell that that stage essentially cuts off the lower, the lower eighth of the score of the uh, scoreboard on the, I think it's the E, I think it's the West End Zone or the, uh, of the scoreboard, the lower, the, uh, lower left eighth of the scoreboard is, is, you know, you can't see it because the state, because the stage that they had built cuts it off, but, you know, that was different, that was unique, you know, the fact that it opened up was, some, was, was, uh, was unique as well, you know, him getting into the camera's face and jerking the camera around and spinning the camera around in, in circles, you know, when you're watching it on television, it isn't exactly, you know, it isn't, you know, you, you could do without that, you know, especially, you know, and considering that, he, you know, he was in some little, and he was in that weird contraption that wasn't, you know, where no one could, where the people in the stands, of course, obviously couldn't see him live in front of them. They probably, you know, they saw it on the big board, you know, within the stadium. So that, so that was a negative uh, that you know, with the with the facial stuff and his face looking all beat up with the rumors of the plastic surgery, and then the dancers with the plat with the facial bandages and and the if I if if you're trying to make a message to the point where I have to investigate about it, the message isn't all that bold or all that deep or isn't all that important. That's just me, you know. Don't worry about sending a message about you know about about being yourself and. To hell with that! Just, just perform, perform your music and sing, and you know that's that's all. It's all you want. You that's all you ask for. And another thing with the Super Bowl as well, and I, and if they want this halftime show to be successful, the NFL should. Go, I understand that it's you know that it's not easy asking because not every artist is going to line up to perform at the Super Bowl, but but. You got to get it. You got to get If you don't get up, if you don't, it's, and it also hurt them that it was just the weekend. You know, typically they have, you know, those guests, you know, J-Lo had, you know, J-Lo had, uh, J-Lo's guest was Shakira. Um, Maroon 5 had, uh, had Outkast, and I think they had Travis Scott. Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 52 didn't have any, didn't have any guests, but Justin Timberlake, I mean, the Tennessee kids, that's part of his whole ordeal, so, so it actually hasn't been the first time they actually didn't have, like, a, a guest person, 
I didn't watch Lady Gaga. I can't recall if she had one or not. Super Bowl 50, I know the headliner was um, um, Coldplay. And then, of course, they had Beyonce and Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk. And, of course, Formation with Beyonce. That, on, that to this day, is one of the greatest halftime shows I've ever seen. Um, Super Bowl 49, Katy Perry had, uh, Lenny, had Lenny Kravitz and... Um, the rapper's name slipping my Missy Elliott. So she had a Super Bowl forty eight. Uh, Bruno Mars was the headliner. He had the Red Hot Chili Peppers join him. Beyonce had Destiny's Child, but technically doesn't count because Beyonce was 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 an original member of Destiny's Child. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, forty six was Madonna. Didn't watch that. Didn't know who her guest was. Uh, 45 was Black Eyed Peas, but I think it was just them. Don't recall their halftime show either. 44, it was just the Who, if I if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was just him and his Eat Street band. I think it was just Tom Petty in Super Bowl 42. Uh, 43 for Springsteen, Petty was 42. 41, it was just Prince, and they had one of the uh, marching bands, which technically doesn't count. Um, 40, I don't know who did, and that's just as far as I go with the halftime shows are concerned. But, yeah, it wasn't great. You know, he nothing against him, against him as an artist, or personally, it just wasn't, you know, one fantastic, didn't blow me away. Uh, it, it's just, it just, yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I I know I know you're gonna say you know you're out of your mind, but if they they could they could have gone they could have gone one year without a halftime show. Call me crazy, might you know it might hurt the ratings a little bit by a tad, but you know they might have ninety people watching instead of ninety six, but I, I and I understand hindsight's twenty twenty, but they could have gone a year without a halftime show. Just my personal opinion. Commercials Wonder Woman game wasn't great. CBS gets another dud. Super Bowl fifty three, of course, the aforementioned thirteen to three. Infamous game between the Patriots and the Lions, of course, or the Patriots and the Rams, of course. It was a competitive game, but it wasn't great. It wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. One of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen. Super Bowl fifty, uh, you know, Provide you know it wasn't it wasn't a great football game. It was just an absolute defensive domination on the part of the Denver Broncos. The the see looking back on and I thought about it earlier this week. You know ever since the NFL regained the rights to the NFL, ever since CBS regained the rights to the NFL in the late nineties, they've only had two. They've only had two great Super Bowls. Ever since they regained the rights about twenty plus years ago, there was Super Bowl thirty eight. Which which is the which is the best game at that which is the best Super Bowl CBS has ever done since uh, since they regained the rights in the in the late nineties in the last you know twenty to twenty five years that's the best Super Bowl CBS has had in re- in the last quarter century or so was Super Bowl thirty eight you know Adam Vinatieri with the game winning field goal with five seconds left in the fourth quarter uh, you know Carolina and the and the Patriots Super Bowl forty one. Wasn't wasn't a wasn't a fantastic football game. Colts beat the Bears, you know, uh, you know, with ease. 
um, after the Devin Hester uh, return to begin the game. Super Bowl 44, you know, Saints Saints won by double digits, 31-17. That game was over when Tracy Porter had the pick six with about three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. That game wasn't a uh, great, phenomenal football game. Uh, Super Bowl 47 was funny. If the lights hadn't have gone out in Super Bowl 47, that would have been another blowout CBS would have had on their hands because the, because the Ravens were about to beat the living tar out of the 49ers until the lights went out. And the 49ers, you know, had a great rest of the, had a great second half and made the Ravens sweat a little bit. And the Ravens uh, won, won in a good game in Super Bowl 47, which is the last Super Bowl Last deep, last good Super Bowl that CBS has had in recent memory. Four, Fifty wasn't wasn't great. Fifty three was horrendous, and this game on Sunday was even worse. Uh, so CBS has kind of gotten the short end of the stick as far as quality uh, quality Super Bowls are concerned. Ever since they regained the rights, I think if I'm not positive, but I think they got they regained the rights in 1998. I I'm, I think. Not don't quote me on that. But for the last 22, 23 years or so, they haven't gotten, when it's their turn, not to mention Super Bowl 35, the first Super Bowl they did when they regained the rights in 2000, 2001, the Ravens beat the crap out of the, beat the crap out of the Giants. So they, 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 two Super Bowls, Super Bowl 38, Super Bowl 47, Super Bowl 35, 41, 44, 50, 53, 55 have not been have not been great entertaining down to the wire sitting on the edge of your seat football games. You know, Fox Fox had 20 Fox has had 23 Super Bowl 42 with uh you know the uh, the famous upset. Um what's another game Fox has had? Uh that was that was off the charts great. Um 40 well they have well they've had a couple of bad ones. Uh, forty forty five was you know isn't anything. It was a good game, but not an all time classic. Forty eight was a blowout. F- uh, fifty four wasn't uh wasn't fantastic. Um, so they've had a couple of good ones. Uh, they like CBS hasn't exactly had the uh the nail biter down to the final second game that honestly that NBC has had at you know in recent memory. For, you know, I mean, it's ever, think about it, ever since NBC regained the rights to the NFL when they got the Sunday night package. Super Bowl 43, San Antonio Holmes back of the end zone, all-time classic Super Bowl. Super Bowl 46, all-time classic between the Giants and the Patriots with uh, with the catch by Manningham and then, and then Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, who uh, who shouldn't have scored but ended up scoring you know, taking the late lead, you know, late in the fourth quarter against the against the Patriots. That was not great, but but a good football game. And then of course the and then of course the great and I and then of course I think uh and if you're older than me, I don't think saying that that this game being the greatest Super Bowl within the last twenty five years, uh Patriots Seahawks still to this day the highest rated Super Bowl of all time. Uh, twenty-eight, twenty-four, New England. That is a that is an all-time classic that will go down in the history books. My eyes, in my eyes, the greatest Super Bowl of all time, and definitely the greatest Super Bowl 
in uh, in the twenty you know in in this twenty uh, first century by far, by far. And then and they had and then they had that Super Bowl Super Bowl forty nine and then Super Bowl fifty two also was a fantastic football game with the Eagles beating the Patriots uh forty one thirty three. So honestly, the only <laughs> the network that you know you look at them I and you see that they have the Super Bowl, you're guaranteed a good game at worst. Class and all time classic at best is NBC. Super Bowl forty three, Super Bowl forty three. Super Bowl 43 and 49, and Super Bowl 43, 49, 52 have been absolute classics, and 46 was good. CBS has gotten two good games, a few mediocre, two terrible, and Fox has had, had the historic 28-3 comeback. And uh, and of course the uh, and and the Giants upset, and then one bad game, and then a, and a couple of them that were. Meh, so so at best. But anyway, that's that's uh, the nature of the beast. Um, wrapping up on the NFL season before you, we say goodbye. It's been a phenomenal season, absolutely phenomenal, fantastic season, full of twists and turns, head scratching moments, moments that make your heart sink into your stomach, moments that you know leave you saying, "What the what the hell did I just see?" A la the Hail Murray. You know the uh, the Browns the Browns Ravens game the uh, the um, Seahawks Cardinals game in Arizona on that Sunday night. You know uh, Derrick Henry with the stiff arms having games played literally on every single night of the week due to COVID. Ravens and Steelers pushed back a total I think two or three times because of COVID. Playing a game on a Wednesday afternoon having having a game on Christmas on a Friday games on a Saturday you know uh, having multiple Monday night having multiple Mondays where you have uh, outside of the first Monday night of the year we have the the annual Monday night doubleheader on ESPN having you know you having uh, Patriots and Chiefs and then uh, Falcons and uh, Falcons and uh, Packers and then you know, having uh, Chiefs and Bills and then Cardinals and Cowboys have multiple games on Monday nights, games on on uh, games on Tuesday nights, games on Wednesday nights, games on Christmas, Thanksgiving, of course. It's just been a phenom- It's been a wacky and an unforgettable and memorable memorable season for the ages. But boy, it was one hell of a football season. You know, you need you need a break, of course, from the football. You need, you know, of course, you always want them wanting more. You need a little, you know, you need a little bit of a break. But come come Sunday, one o'clock, four o'clock, eight o'clock, your boy is going to be struggling with no football on television. Cause you know, having just gone through a season where I have been on record of of being an absolute utter doubt of the fact that and and being okay with the fact. That that we weren't going to have football. Thinking back on it in retrospect, back in the spring of summertime, and considering that we got through all games, regular and uh, playoffs, and the Super Bowl with no cancellations and nobody dying and being hospitalized, all that sort of stuff. Because there, it's absolutely phenomenal and remarkable. Thinking back on it, it really, really is. And then, of course, the crazy moments on the field. Josh Allen, the Bills, having a phenomenal season. Having that moment of hope with Joe Burrow, then getting pissed at them because he tears his ACL. Comeback story with with uh, Alex Smith and 
and Chase Young dominating the NFL the way they did. The 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers starting 11-0, hitting the wall the way that they did, losing that playoff game to the Browns and the Bengals beating the Steelers the way that they did on that Monday night. And, and the Ravens with their COVID issues and them not being as dominant as they were you know, in 2019 and then winning a playoff game first with Lamar and beating the Titans on the road doing so. And it's just been a phenomenal, 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 unforgettable, unbelievable NFL season. You know, you needed a break, but I'm sad to see it end and I'm sad to see it go. It's just been a phenomenal season. I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Uh, to as to you know, tune in for me to give you uh, your commentary throughout what's been a wacky, unforgettable, memorable 2020 NFL season from September all the way up until uh, February. It's been a blast, y'all. But we're just getting started as far as uh, hard hitting sports talk is concerned. Got the college basketball and the NBA, got to get into. Lord, Lord, help me stay bear with me, um, and of course, baseball is going to start in about a month or so's time. Uh, can't get into the hockey, as you know, uh, it's just not for me. But try to get into the basketball as much as I can. Ain't got March Madness uh, next month. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you on Saturday. Y'all stay safe. See ya.